It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Let's talk a little bit before we get into the offensive line preview. Uh, Tavares Dawson actually got some looks at the starting slot position. And, you know, we talked about who, who's going to be, in the, I think, the first four out. And mm. I think a few of us mentioned Tavares Dawson. And Harson and Keesaw spoke very highly of this kid. I think Keesaw mentioned that he was one of the most improved offensive guys uh, going into the year. Seeing that, our thoughts about DeVarge Dawson and the potential he has to be a potential deep threat or just that guy that they use in the slot is a, a guy to kind of just knife through the defense. Thoughts on him? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close. Uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit ChillBoys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. We haven't had a really good slot guy since Ryan Davis. Thanks. Even then, I... I was really surprised when he didn't stick in the NFL because yeah. I thought he was just built with his speed, with his um, his sh- relatively short hands, especially at 2017 season. He was just a short thing, him and Stidham. And that was the last time I remember us having a guy like, yes, this this is our dude. Make make the game easier for the quarterback. I mean, that's what the slot does, man. You you shake people more easily. Um, if you can get one of their DBs down onto the line, then you should open up things behind them and, it, it should make the game easier for the quarterback, easier for the defense to be read when you've got a slot guy that has to be respected. So if you're telling me this guy is as fast as we already heard and saw that he was, because last year he got behind the defense. I mean, we remember the Houston game. Definitely got behind the defense, and yeah. we didn't get on the ball. But please, please, God, let all of these I am hearings turn into phenomenal play from these players. And the reason I'm believing it or I am prone to believe it, is because the guys who are here were the same guys as last year. Right. So 
they're seeing the difference in a guy. Just like we asked, uh, not we, but Derek Hall was asked his opinion on the offensive line. And he said, oh, no, it's, it's different. You know, who was playing the offensive line two years ago and again now and two years later in summer practice? Derek Hall was. So yeah. who would be in a better position to tell you whether or not they've improved than the guy who played them then and the guy who's playing them now? So I'm, I'm thinking the same thing about Tavares Dawson, about everything that's going on with these players and their improvement, whether it's speed, whether it's shiftiness, whether it's knowing the offense, whether it's uh, their hands, improving. Yes, please let Tavares Dawson get on the field and be the guy that is, he's, his name is the first person out of people's mouths when they talk about the wide receiver room. Just please. If Coy Moore is to be believed, please let it be like that. If Camden, Camden Brown is going to be the guy who can moss dudes and, and stiff arm somebody into hell, I think the, the most serious stiff arm I remember was, was it Sammy Coates when he stiffed armed that dude at Texas A&M, at Texas A&M that year we, we went to the Natty? It was the most egregious stiff arm I've seen from a wide receiver in college, probably ever. I mean, we've seen Derrick Henry like, we've seen Marshawn Lynch like throw dudes. The stiff arm Sammy Coates gave this man, it should have put this man out the game. And not because he was hurt either, just like Pride. Like, he's, he, he will not be returning. Pride, he'll be examined after the game. I want Camden Brown to be that type of dude. I want these physical specimens, whether it's speed or shiftiness or strength, to get on the field. And make us not, if we're not an elite offense, a lot closer to being an elite offense for the first time in a long time. Because it's been a while since we were able to put our offense on the field and say, I know what's going to happen. It's been five years now, 2017. And that took about four or five games before we got to that point. I would love to see us out the gate with guys knowing who they are, the coaches knowing and understanding what to do with them, and having a quarterback that can get these people the ball, I would love to see it. And I, and I hope Tavares Dawson's part of that. Let's talk about the offensive line. Here's who we have coming back. Jaleel Irvin, Nick Brahms, Tate Johnson, Brennan Coffey, Avery Jernigan, Keandre Jones, Cameron Stutz, uh, Court Bradley, Alec Jackson, Austin Troxel, Colby Smith, Brandon Council, Thomas Kirkham, Garner Langlo, and Killian Zaire. Uh, the new additions, E.J. Harris and Evan Richards, and of course, Rodarius Ham declared for the draft. I think he ended up signing with the USFL team hmm. uh, when it was all said and done. David Shannon graduated and Tayshawn Manning transferred to Kentucky. On this past weekend, when fall camp started, the I believe it was a consistent lineup of the first team consisted of Killian Zaire at left tackle, Cameron Stutz at left guard. Nick Brahms at center, Keandre Jones at right guard, and Austin Troxel actually has moved over to right tackle. Our thoughts on this position group, one of the things that Harson mentioned was basically getting these guys beefed up with strength and conditioning. And they've been able to do that. Now they want to see some consistency with this position group. They've, they saw flashes of it last year, but they want to see a lot more consistency out of this line. Uh, you've had guys like Keandre Jones, I believe, uh, say that this 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 position group is poised to take a step forward. Mike, I want to hear from you, man. Your thoughts about this position group going into fall camp? Uh, strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning. This is year two. 
of the Pittman Get Your Weight Up program for the offensive line. Run blocking being the chief concern for this group because they were averaging pass blocking, but they couldn't move anybody in the run game. They just weren't built to do that. That's not what Gus had made to do. So, you know, I've said it before, it takes more than one offseason to change your body enough to play the type of ball that Brian Harson wanted to play with these guys. And year two, we're hearing about them all setting records in, in the weight room, man. So they're going to be doing something a little different in the run game. Our our running backs need it, man. Listen, Tank decided to stay with us. Jarquez is back there. It's going to be really hard for these guys to get any traction if these guys cannot move the man in front of them. We've got to find a way to dominate the offensive line in the run game. This is one of the most veteran groups in the SEC. I thought they got a little bit of a bad rap last year for the QB's problems. Not rightfully so, but you know, a lot of what we saw on offensive line was symptomatic of the overall change that was needed on offense anyway. So it all, you know, I think they're going to come along nice this offseason. If they can pass block at just a 3% better rate than they were last year, we're going to be in real good shape. And if they can, they have significant movement that they need to make in the in run blocking, but I think it can be done because I think they're going to be more physically prepared to do that so that we can control the clock and help the defense out like we talked about earlier in the show. It's going to be a big part of Auburn's success this season is sometimes your best defense is a good offense and you keep the other teams, you keep, you keep your Bryce Youngs off the field, limit his possessions by running the ball. Your line has to dominate for you to be able to do that. So uh, looking forward, Nick Brahms has got to take the step forward this year, guys. Um, he's got to take the step forward. This is one of the most senior guys on this team. You know, I, he's in his fourth year. He's got to dominate. This is a guy who has to go out and has to be a leader. He has to be the quarterback on that offensive line or the second quarterback of the offense on the field. He's got to make sure protections are good. He's got to make sure that guys are where they need to be, and he has got to be the leader up front. No excuses this year, man. It is time for Nick Brahms to get it done. I think that he can do it. Now, uh, beside him, you know, you're looking at guys like Keandre Jones um, and, uh, you know, Killian Zaire got in and, and spelled Troxel at points last year. So I think he got some much needed experience. But this is a group that has a chance to do something that nobody expects them to do, certainly. I really think this is a group that has a chance to do something that people are just not expecting they're going to be able to do. Uh, so we'll see if they can go out and do it. Ike, Cameron Stutz is listed as a starter at left guard. And... If you had asked me personally who I would expect it to kind of fill that position, and I know this guy has been kind of playing different different positions since he's been here in Auburn, but I thought that was surprising that he got the start over Brandon Council. And that looks like that's potentially shaping up to be an interesting position to look at uh, moving forward. And I, I see Blake Robinson uh, saying that Cam Stutz uh, actually got the best of Mba, as he should, seeing as though Mba is new and, and, and raw, but your thoughts at the left guard position and even Cameron Stutz was someone that Coach Harson pretty much mentioned by name when he addressed the media on Thursday. But your thoughts on the left guard position. So here's the thing with that position in particular. Brandon Council has had injury issues pretty much his entire career, not just at Auburn, but predating Auburn um, when he was at Akron. He's had he's had injury issues. So it's good that someone else is stepping up to be able to play that uh, that spot. Cameron Stutz has been here for a while, right? So it's not his first rodeo, right? He's been on in this program for, you know, the same amount, well, actually probably longer than Council has been. But 
I think it's a good position to be in if Stutz is taking the lead because that means you have an experienced guy that can back him up. Right. Um, so I like the fact that someone else is able to step into that position um, and garner some some snaps early. And here's the thing, you know, um, it's still super early. Nothing, None of this stuff is in cement, right? Like it's how many snaps people are getting and when they're getting those snaps and who they're taking those snaps with is all inconsequential this early in camp. So there's a lot of time for people to move up, move down, move around to different spots on the offensive line. Same thing with any of the other position groups. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But I do love the fact that if Stutz is taking the the first team spot, then we know we have experience behind him. And I love, I love that. Someone asked how many of these guys were seniors. I have counted a total of eight. Mm-hmm. So we need some bodies uh, after this season to to, yeah. to bring in to replace some of these guys. And some of these guys are all using their COVID year as well. So Right. Yeah, uh, like, uh, I, I'm, I think five or six of these guys are out of eligibility after this year. So it doesn't really matter how well they play. They're not coming back or can't come back. So it's either right. go to the league or get a job. That's that's what your option is after this. Either way, he gone after this year. Uh, one of the things I want to point out is – Pro Football Focus recently named Killian Zaire, who was the former number three JUCO offensive tackle recruit in 2020, as Auburn's breakout player this year. And to read a little something on on him, they basically said that he was really good. And so this is something that that I pointed out last year, that he graded pretty well, pretty decently in pass block. Mm-hmm. but didn't do pretty well in the run block. Uh, he didn't grade pretty well there. These are things that I even pointed out uh, when he was watching film. Uh, they mentioned that there were technical issues all over Zaire's game in both facets in that limited time that he did get to play, but he did have the flashes, and there's no denying the tools he possesses. He checks the length, frame, and athleticism boxes with ease. He's only scratched the surface and has the capability of anchoring Auburn's offensive line in 2022. He's listed as the breakout player for Auburn this upcoming year at offensive tackle. Thoughts on that, guys? I'll start with you, B-Will. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. I mean, well, we, we hope so, right? I mean, that's what, that's what we're here for. Um, the, the game he started over Troxel was Arkansas, and that was our best offensive game that we played. Arkansas defense had something to do with that because their defense was injured at that point. They weren't great. But we did – there There did seem to be a difference in pass protection when he was in the game. Now, it didn't hold up for the rest of the season because, of course, we still got embarrassed at several other times later in the season when he was in the game. But something about offensive line play is we kind of write off certain players when they don't show well initially, and then we kind of forget about them. I think offensive line is the one position that is most immune from that, where that shouldn't, we shouldn't erase or we shouldn't just take, here's what I saw when you first got in there. That's all you're going to be done. I am that way about quarterback. Absolutely. If I give you two years, that's it. I don't want to see no more from you. I don't care who you are. 
which is why I'm so off the boat on Spencer Rattler. You can't, again, you redshirt one year, you play a whole year, and then your third year, you're losing your job. That means you're not it. And maybe even some running backs. We, it's pretty easy to tell. Once a guy gets on the field, is, is he that dude or not? It's not that you can't improve in certain ways, but we had a, a bit of a pattern here at Auburn and in a lot of places too. If you aren't recruiting outlandish, otherworldly talent, then what you're going to see is there's this cycle of like three years, you're good. You have to recover, you're down, down another year, and every three to four years, you're good. And that's because these staples at these positions like offensive line, number one, they they play with each other. So there's a rapport there that other positions may not have with so many guys moving around and other things like that. But offensive linemen are probably the least likely to leave early. They stay longer. They're going to play with with the same group more often than not. And their strength will improve year after year after year. And it's not that other positions can't do this. It's that there, it's this combination of understanding what we're supposed to be doing, understanding what the guy next to me is going to do, and physically getting stronger and more mature while that's happening. And every three to four years, all those factors come together at the same time, which is why we usually had a great offensive line every three or four years, even if the offensive line didn't start great the year before. Like I'm thinking about 2010, right? Everybody was like, oh, man, Cam Newton's not coming back. As a business decision, Cam Newton should not have come back here. That line was gone, buddy. That was a bunch. Of, that was a senior-laden line. And they, it's not like maybe one of those guys ended up on the NFL roster. I'm not sure. But it wasn't this, these are the best offensive linemen ever. They were mature. And right. they had played together. And they had physically matured together. And that culminated in a line that was good enough to let Cam Newton be Cam Newton. And it worked. But you can do that with an offensive line. These guys had, unfortunately, played under a system that I don't think allowed them to actually improve. I don't think the, the system was about improving you physically for the NFL, which is why we had so few offensive linemen actually make the jump from here to the NFL running Gus's offense. He's not. It's not about you being strong enough to match up next level. It's really about you just, you know, just do the sugar huddle. You got it, right? Right. Yeah, we ain't sugar huddling in the NFL, but we moving bodies, and we couldn't do that here. Mm. So for for once, these guys, in my mind, they've had one year of development since they've been at Auburn. They've been at Auburn for five years. They've had one year of development, and that was last year. And they'll tell you that themselves about how little they knew about actually playing. And that that burns me up every time I think about it, how little some of these wide receivers, how little the offensive line – knew about actually playing the position at a high level and they've been here two and three years prior to Brian Harson and his staff getting a hold of them. That's just right, that's right. just silly to me. Uh, uh to, to V's point uh about the line, it shocks me how many people don't remember this, but that line leaving is why we didn't get Russell Wilson. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He he looked at us and he looked at Wisconsin. He was like, what's the cheese like in Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> we can find some good. We can find some good eats up there, right? He was not coming to Auburn to play behind a brand new line when he had only one year to play, right? Right. So right. he went somewhere where he had a chance to be good, no matter what the skill positions looked like, because the line was was more senior laden there, and we were starting all over. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's it's, it's got a lot to do with a lot. <laughs> And, and there's also a really good reason why 2013, we were kind of ready to go as an offensive line. 
Jay Prosh coming in from Illinois was a huge factor. Oh, that he was a monster guy. But sure. we also had who was a redshirt sophomore in Greg Robinson. So that was a three-year gap between him and, and the guy who was before him. Um, I think at guard, we had a couple of really good guards. Was Kozan a guard on that team? He was younger, though. Either way, we it culminated is a three-year cycle. 2010, yeah. 2013. And from there, it just, we just kind of been patchworking it. That's a good point. Ever since then. And so if you're telling me that guys who've gotten one solid year of actual development are now physically ready, and that's another thing about being a a super senior man. I can be here and be in school taking any type of grad school course. I'm only going to be here one year regardless. I don't have to take no serious school classes. I'm going to be in the gym. I'm going to know exactly what's what's expected of me this year. And you know what? Everybody seems to kind of have this same, I don't want to say revenge tour thing going, but... If they chose to stay here with everything that was going on in the background, it seems like, especially for Nick Brahms to be one of the people that spoke up and spoke out while it was going on, they feel a connection to Harson and they want to play well for him, for themselves, because they heard every arrow that came their way as a, uh, a way to alleviate Bo Nix of the blame of his play was just her. Every arrow and every stone was just hurled at the offensive line. You don't think they heard that? Why, just because you don't see them uh, tweeting out pictures and on Instagram, you don't think they, they got social media? You don't think they see y'all, fans, blaming them for everything that goes wrong here? Mm. We blame the wide receivers. We blame the offensive line. You know what? It seems like the wide receivers and the offensive line have been determined to say, y'all ain't going to blame me this year. So I'm glad to see that. And I'm hoping that the physical improvement in the offensive line by not only Derek Hall giving us his account, Coach Harson is telling us, yeah, now I see an improvement. I've coached football for 20, however, some odd years, and he's saying this is a lot closer to what I want our offensive line to be able to do. Improvement nice. from these guys individually and collectively. Yes, I'm excited about offensive line this year. Yeah. You mentioned like how good the offensive line. I, I credit a lot of that to Jeff Grimes, who was the O-line uh, coach, who was a pretty yeah. good recruiter who's now offensive coordinator at Baylor, he had a lot to do with that as well, B. Okay. So that's that's how you saw the turnover with the offensive line. You mentioned Nick Brahms. Nick Brahms has been added to, and and I, I saw this this quote here from, from Lawrence Robinson. Appreciate you watching, man. Brahms has gotten better every season. If he improves, he'll be playing on Sundays. He was horrible up until 2021. Something of note. Brahms has been added to the Remington watch list. Uh, he was added last year, I think, as well. Yeah, he was. So this is someone that if this O-line is going to take the next step forward, you got to talk about Nick Brahms. Thoughts on that, Ike? I mean, he definitely uh, improved his play last year. If you look at his 2020 tape. Oh, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, we, 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 we talked I, about I had, him. I had, a, yeah. I had a rough time not coming up with nicknames for Nick Brown. <laughs> what, what, uh, what did King say when we went over the field with him? He was like, man, he got to find some he ribs. He got to find some work. He, he said, got to find some ribs or something. Yeah, man. He, he, <laughs> was, he was caught on a lot of plays that we were watching just looking at people. You know, uh, you know. I understand you got a space that you're supposed to be occupying in case somebody comes through that gap. But once you see that nobody's doing some kind of crazy stunt, go go double team. Do something, man. Get in and... and plays are are happening around you and you haven't touched anybody Mm -hmm. or when you did try to go do something you were anticipating in the wrong direction and somebody shooting the gap over your left shoulder because you were looking right like it was just bad uh 2021 didn't see that as often 
But the issue for this offensive line, and, and one of the things that your center really is going to be responsible for a lot, is figuring out how to get better at the point of attack on the things that are between the tackles, right? Like, you've got to figure out how to get to whoever is over the nose or, you know, lined up just to, to either side of you, double team, and then get to that next level to a linebacker. Um, and we weren't seeing a lot of that last year. We were seeing a lot of stalemates. So hopefully the improved strength and conditioning that we've had. Um, and I saw a, a comment here. Um, yeah, I saw it. Are we sure that it's better? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know where it went. Somebody yeah. asked, are we sure that the strength and conditioning is better? So here's the thing. It's not really more about better or worse for me. Um, I will say, yes, it's a better situation um, just overall as far as preparation for the next level. But it definitely, what was happening before, wasn't getting guys ready to play the likes of a Georgia and Alabama right. in the trenches. Right, you right. weren't moving those kids right. at all. And if you're going to go through the SEC rigors and you want to have a downhill rushing attack, not one that's based and, – and this is going to sound like I'm taking a shot at the previous coach, and I'm not – not one that's based off of misdirection. And, you know, if you want thin kids or smaller guys who can run fast and they can do a lot of pulling stuff and you're doing that kind of thing – that's going to be good, but at the next level, when you go to the NFL, they're going to expect you to be big and nimble. So if you're just out here being nimble and you can't move anybody, you're not going to play at the next level. They don't right. want nobody who can't – what what B-Will said, we, we, we move in bodies. They, they're not out here trying to see if you can outrun a defensive tackle to the edge. Right. They want to make you, you – you want to put that defensive tackle on his back so the running back beats him to the edge. That's how they play ball at the next level. And even you know, if you're nimble, those big guys who are look at what's what's my man's name? Um, Trent Williams that pays for the 49ers. Yeah. That man. dude is enormous. But he moves. And he moves people when he gets them in front of him. That's what they're looking for. Prototypical is big and fast, not just fast. Right. Uh, you know what image comes to mind when you're describing that? I, the image I had in my head. Was it, you, you you can picture like a, a, a small but quick little karate guy up against somebody big and huge like Debo, and he's yeah. jumping around and Debo's just kind of looking at him and he hits him here and he hits him there and then all Debo has to do is connect on one, that's it because you're <laughs> weak and you're small and that's yeah. what it was for our line last year. It was like okay, you know they were built the misdirection, the tricks. Right. When you can't trick anybody, you're gonna lose based on how they were built. Right, like I, that's what I need people to understand about what why it's better is is because if you can move somebody, you can move somebody. It doesn't matter what the system is. If right. I'm stronger than you and faster than you, I'm stronger and faster than you. Right. But it's like, yeah. yeah, you put all your eggs in the misdirection basket, and these guys just did not have the physical tools to play the game differently when they had to. Well, the thing is too, and this is you know, again, I I know it sounds like we're piling on, but it's why people refer to the previous offense as a high school offense because yeah. it was built on a lot of things that would work in high school, yeah, but at the next cool. level in the SEC, you've been in you've been in the SEC eight years. We know right. we, we have at, a better idea of the misdirection now. If you haven't innovated this offense much at all, yeah. people start to be like, oh, okay, well, he's just running the same thing again. Like, mm -hmm, I right. you, you, you tricked me the first couple of times, and it worked better when you could substitute and they wouldn't, you know, stop and play and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. all of that stuff works better in those scenarios. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it wouldn't work some of the time. That's the reason why the previous coach could win eight games a season, because you're playing – 
lower tier people like people who don't have the same level of talent as you you can you can win some of those games but then when you get into those tough ones you might sneak them every now and then and it's going to take a lot of prayers and miracles to make it happen but you're not going out and physically dominating the good competition ever ever it never happened the only game and people want to point to 2017's georgia game as physical domination if you go back and watch that game we got lucky a lot Georgia effed up a whole bunch in that game, and yeah. we took advantage of them screwing up. And we did a good job of doing what we needed to do in that Georgia game. But again, I saw it one time already. You're not finna trick me with the same thing again. Right, Get back yeah. to the SEC championship. Georgia and company was like, oh, yeah, we saw that, that trick last time. Right. Yeah. It's not working this time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and as we as we close out talking about this group, guys, Harson mentioned he wanted to see consistency. And and in this league, you're going to lose some battles because you're going to have some great defensive lines, great defenses that you're matched up with. What's the consistency that we need to see with this group in order to be successful offensively? I think it's got to be a run blocking, man. At yeah, one hundred percent. It's gonna be yeah, yeah. Blocking. It's gonna be a run blocking. They just have to be able to move guys. They need, they need to be able to allow Tank to not have to dodge guys in the backfield just to get back to the line of scrimmage, you know. And then you know you get him to the second level. Get your running back to the second level, and then watch great running backs go wild. We have to find a way to get Tank to the second level easier than we did last year. It was just too hard because I like Tank on any linebacker. Yeah, taking the versus, open field versus mm-hmm. whoever. Right, Secondary, yeah, but, linebacker. Mm-hmm. But if you get him hemmed up on the line and then the linebackers have time to come in and help, he's going to have a really rough season, man. And, and right. same for Jarquez as well, too, man. These guys are strong, but they can only do so much against eight-man boxes. So, you know, it's going to be about run blocking uh, well enough, but also about balance on offense as well, too. They need to take steps forward in, in, in pass protection. I'm not letting off the, the hook there either. Got, they have to take steps forward in, in both disciplines for this offense to, to move forward. Or, or we need our quarterback to be all world. Right. Correct. I'm not sure we have that. Right. Right. <laughs> so we need more balance from the offensive line so that our quarterbacks can, you know, everybody can play a role and we can win it as a team. Well, Bryce Young went out and won a Heisman by himself last year. I'll die on that hill. I don't care what you say. Yeah, he, I mean, he had no run game to speak of. His offensive line was not particularly good at pass blocking. Yeah, yeah. And, and he still put up ridiculous amounts of numbers um, doing what everyone says Auburn's quarterback was doing, which was running for his life. Life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, like, I mean, yeah, we don't – I don't think we have – we don't have a generational talent at quarterback. Not yet. Um, I don't know, man. I'm still high on Robbie Ashford. I just don't know if this year yeah. is his year. If, but if like, Robbie Ashford gets – the little things down of like playing the quarterback mm-hmm. position to pair with the physical tools, he is going to be amazing. Yeah. He's going to so, be amazing. You know, he has that sort of athletic ability to be able to do that. Um, but if he can combine that with accuracy and to be able to throw on the run, uh, he's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Marquise Burks told us during his interview, he said, chasing around Robbie in practice is a problem <laughs> for the defense. <laughs> he was like, yo, my, like he's a problem. Uh, so, Again, I don't think that he's primed to start the season, though. So it's going to be one of these other two guys that are not as mobile. They just got to they got to give them the, the requisite amount of time to throw the ball and to let the run game develop for the running backs, right? So that they can see the holes develop and then hit the hole, rather than having to dodge a guy in the backfield. And if yeah. you go back and look the tape, that's a lot of what Tank had was up against last year.